Blog Talk Radio. episode every season these are a few of our favorite things 2017 where we go back and look at the year that was and boy was 2019 oh my god was it uh and this is just the pre-game because next year is going to be insane on so many levels Everything is going to explode. But first, let's talk about 2019 and bring on my sexy witches and also talk a little bit of madness recap because, of course, that ended for Halloween Horror Movie Marathon. Madness is over and we have a winner and everyone now can stop watching horror films. But we're still watching Stephen King movies because they keep coming out. When do they not come out? (laughs) I mean, there were so many of them. And a Funko Pop doll came out today, too. Holy shit. These are a few oh, of my favorite that. things. So anyway, let me first bring on sexy porn. My sex, oh, no, which ones are on? Oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> I don't even know who's on tonight. Uh, in Portland, Oregon. My dark and sex of nevermore. The theater geek extraordinaire and badass bitch. Please welcome to the show, Raven Jasper Hawk. Welcome, you're back on with the Sexy Witches. How are you doing? Hola, I'm doing all right. How are you? Oh my Hi, God, Raven. I'm. You're doing better, right? I hope a little bit. Yeah, uh, I'm a little under the weather, but I'm used to gloomy weather, so um, I'm just gonna be Shirley Manson about it and carry on. <laughs> Excellent, excellent. All right, and in West Virginia, my co-host on my Repo Nerds podcast, which went on the hiatus this summer, but maybe back next season. You think we're going to do it again uh, some more, Steve? I am always down to do it as long as you have the time and the desire. I love doing it. I love being uh, any any uh, part of the sexy witches family that I can, so totally open and if you are if you are down that's very sweet so please welcome my favorite wizard steve the wizard of wandling how you doing sir oh hey everyone i'm so happy to be here and raven it must be a cross-country thing because my better half 
that some of you know uh, just through online. Rachel has uh, the same exact stuff, and I think she, too, is drinking some tea right now with a fever. She never misses uh, work. She's a, t- a teacher, and she uh, actually had to miss. So, yeah, it's apparently wow. going around. So I hope you everybody feels better soon. Thanks. Same to you. Yeah. Cool. Yes, Thank it, you. Anyway, it, great well, to be here. I had an effect from a tick bite when I did this show once. I don't know if um, the the sexy porn witch remembers that. Do you? No, I don't. (laughs) Remember a year ago, I was super, maybe two now, I was super, super sick. And I had, like, it wasn't Lyme disease, but I caught something from a tick. And I was super sick for, like, three weeks. It was awful. I, you know, I left. You know, it, but I did an episode of, of Sexy Witches that I barely remember. Uh, <laughs> so I listen to it sometimes. Anyway, so let me bring on one of my original Sexy Witches from the inaugural season. Been with me this whole time, so she knows all about a few of my favorite things. Please welcome to the show the Sexy Porn Witch, Erin Marie. How you doing? I'm doing pretty good. Hey, Erin. Woo! Yeah. All right. And yeah, last... as I was uh, putting as I was putting together my favorite things list, I realized I only had TV shows. <laughs> uh, I will tell you though, me too for the most part. I would say this is one of the strongest years in television I have ever seen. And I was thinking we're going to keep the back half of this talk just for television this year, because television always dominates our talks anyways on this episode. But let's start out with other things first and and then really give a full hour to to television. What do you think? Sounds good. A full fucking hour. I think so, because there's a lot to talk about. Like, we have a lot to unpack. But first, got one more person to bring on. And this is last but not least, and definitely one of my favorite people. And he did a few of our favorite things together down in San Diego Comic-Con. Please welcome to the show, the Warlock of Orange County, my L.A. witch, Aaron Kogan. How you doing, sir? Not bad, not bad. How you all doing tonight? Hey, how's it going, Aaron? It's going. Good. We got some, some wet stuff falling from the sky, which is kind of weird, but other than that, it's all good. <laughs> I've I, heard I you're going to get a nice rain. rain. I'm so glad. <laughs> yes. That's good, right? Always helpful. Oh. Well, mostly. 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 The cats don't <laughs> like it. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, we, we've got two seasons in Southern California. We've got fires and we got mudslides. So, oh, gosh. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Oh gosh! Oh, yeah. It's terrible. We get the mudslides here, but not so. We get the mudslides here, but not not so much the fire problem. But I, I am mm. our heart is definitely with with all that going on. It's it seems terrible and worse every year. Seems like it. Yeah. Uh, last year in California, they had seven hundred thousand people move out of California. Yeah. Uh, um, wow. A lot. Amongst those was almost the entire population of Paradise has moved away. Yeah. Uh, and uh, uh, which, of course, burnt in a fire a year ago. I don't know if you remember yeah. that. That whole town, yeah. 80 people died. Um, I do, they can't yeah. find a house, so they're leaving. 
And most of them, uh, most of that 700,000 are relocating to Austin and the Dallas Fort Worth area. So uh, California is emptying out. We need to make it cheaper, Aaron. It's too expensive. Make it, it cheaper. It's not empty. Trust me. Trust me. Try driving <laughs> on the freeway sometime. Oh, well, we're all concentrated in L.A. <laughs> so um, let's see. Uh, oh, i got to see if I can make my announcement on this episode, but we'll do that later. Uh, okay, so we're all on here. And before we get into our 2019 talk, I think we should really do a quick recap of the madness. And, um, you know, first of all, I want to thank everyone who attended, all the teams and the judges. And congratulations again to Newt White on her fourth Ooh. win of the Madness. Oh, my gosh, and actually, yeah. I think it's her third consecutive is that, or second consecutive uh, in a row. Either way. Me too. Yeah. I've done 12 of them, and she's won four of them and been in the top five every single season. Annihilates me every so, year. Yeah, I don't even try to keep up with with Newt. And honestly, though, I love her. Her summaries are one of my favorites because I always get one of hers first, and it's very entertaining read. And then I know all the newbies, (laughs) and I know all the scores (laughs) because she's already (laughs) seen them all. So she's like the canary in the coal mine. Yeah. A very angry canary in a coal mine. <laughs> uh, so, so congratulations. Now, uh, I'm going to start with Erin Marie and go around my virtual globe in my mind that you guys don't understand. It's like the, it kind of like the Knights of the Round Table, right? I don't really have I corners. Like it's kind of circles. I kind of. Table. But, I like that. But, <laughs> I love it. But you all yeah. sit in certain spots. And and that's what's funny about it. Um, so to my left is always Erin Marie. So I'm going to start with her because I'm going to go clockwise. Um, let's see. You were a contestant this year, and your team, oh, they didn't win the team. Once again, congratulations, Raven, for winning the team again. But Thank you had a competition nice. this year. Two of the teams yeah, were on I'm your good. ass. I thought I was done for. Erin Marie's team almost won. They came in second. <laughs> and awesome. And – and also was voted the most te- the, the biggest team with spirit this year, which usually Ravens team or Neat you know is the or Neat's team are the ones with that gets that award. But Aaron, how does it feel to have one of the best, well scoring, most fun teams we've ever scored in the Madness this year? It feels great. I think Hannibal helped a lot. <laughs> <laughs> But it wasn't just the points in the game and watching the show itself. Uh, The team, a lot of uh, your team in particular was very, very sharing. They were talking the entire madness. I'm very proud of them. So how are you? I just watch my stuff and and I do the bare minimum when it comes to typing up and, and get it in. Well, you got to get it in, though, you know. Unlike Aaron Kogan, who's almost didn't get it in at <laughs> all first episode. Though I like how the second week you were, like, one of the second people in on a, a summary. Like, you were like, boom. <laughs> I made up for last time. Uh, that was pretty funny. So uh, so that was your second or third madness, Aaron. I think it was your third, right? I think that was my third, yes. Yeah. So Thank how did you, you feel think. about And in kind of a fall from grace, I'm afraid. Um, 
So how how uh uh, so how did yeah well yes yeah, so you did tumble but you did get a lot of stuff in I mean what was your experience like this year what was your favorite um, you know things you watched per se or how did you oh, like man. interacting with your team your team was very good you were on Ravens team right no yes. that was on Ravens team were you on Ravens team it, it was I no, was uh, one of the the grandpas. Um, oh yeah was, you were on Chris a... Qualls team which was a very good yeah, team exactly. this year too. Very good showing. Yeah. They were very strong the entire madness. Raven, you had some serious competition in there towards the end, especially with oh, the yeah. dropouts. Yeah. Yeah, I, I was I, happy, I actually. I thought that I, was the I, end. I like competition. I like yeah, watching people. I like watching you guys try to – because you're competing for fun, and I know it's love. So, so Aaron, how was your experience <laughs> this year? Um, well, I I really think, in retrospect – I should have been more of a points chaser and I should have focused a lot more on what was getting the points. Instead, uh, Natalie, who was on a different team, uh, and I kind of watched what we wanted to watch, which was fun. Uh, We did get through a lot of the Hellraisers, which after you get after two are just dreadful, uh, but still fun. Hell of fun to watch. Um, uh, I guess the thing that I probably enjoyed the most was uh, Happy Death Day, which was way better than I thought it was going to be. And right. I enjoyed oh. re-watching What We Do in the Shadows, the series, which is just fucking brilliant. Can't it, wait it for is, the next season. It is so good. It is. We've got to say how good it is now, but let's try to remember to talk about it in the back half of uh, when we talk television, because I can't oh, believe how absolutely. fucking great that was. Yeah, I'm sure yeah. all of us have it on our favorites list. Uh, absolutely. I mean, and then I met, you know, the guy who plays Gilmo, um, you know. Van right, Gilmo. Yeah, so, oh, I mean, wow. that, cool. that. He's great. Know, oh, yeah, there's, there's pictures. I It was at San Diego Comic-Con. I, I, must, the, I, don't, I must have missed those. There's so many, you know. I, oh, no, I do uh, remember now. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah it was an awesome background. He was just standing out there taking random photos with people. There was no cue for him and I ran up and gave him a hand hug. I was like, oh my god. Oh, anyway, that's so uh, cool. I digress. Um, so, uh, yeah, no, so uh, where are we? Oh, let's talk, about, let's talk to Steve. Steve, uh, so this was your second as a contestant, but your first as a podcaster and a writer. So you, your dynamic is a little different this year. So yeah, how does this was. year compare to last year? Well, I have to say that also I was randomly cast in a uh, as a co-lead in a film, and the exact time I was doing the madness, so um, it was the number one. That was one of the coolest uh, experiences in my life. But doing all that at once, and then on top of that, like I went, I was trying to kind of launch the magazine, the webzine on my own. And uh, so, in a way, I felt like I didn't get to watch as many movies as I did. But then, looking back on it, I really still felt like I um, definitely embraced the madness and had a blast. Like, and I definitely have a standout memory is because number one, it's entwined with something that I got points for that I've never just never done anything like. Like, um, I went down to Orlando to Halloween Horror Nights, and um, that was at the same weekend that Joe Bob was doing the live streaming. So I did that to get in the, like the night before I went and did that, 
And so it was all, you know, and that was all part of, of the madness as well. And that was just a highlight. But um, a, as a writer and stuff, you know, it was just a little harder. I'm I'm having obviously trouble trying, kind of juggling things, you know, a little bit. But uh, I still, I felt that uh, I got the most out of the films I watched this year. Like there were every movie, like I challenged myself, like, I like I never thought I liked Sleepwalkers or whatever, but like now I'm like like I I love Sleepwalkers and I just watched a lot of random stuff. I tried to figure out the I lo- I figure out the bonus points, but I never do it in time. But I end up trying to watch those movies anyway. Uh, and I did like Aaron. I watched most of the Hellraisers, and I I have a soft spot for in some way or another for just about all those movies, regardless of whether or not I, I'll end up trashing them or whatever, but um, I wish I wrote better. Um, I wish I wrote just better overall um, summaries than I, than I have next year. I've, if there's a madness next year, which I hope there is, uh, I, that's my main goal is to work on my summary. Well, well, that'd be awesome. You know, and you know, Robert, you don't have to really work that hard on summaries. I want to give a shout out to one of my new Madness Maniacs, Kermarie Kurtz, had my favorite summary this year. And it was a very simple bullet form summary that was quick to read, easy to score, and she gave a really cute little heartfelt answer to all review to all the movies. And I I was like, Yay! I wish they all could be like this. <laughs> but, <laughs> That's but, awesome. But I, it, but I like also, so I'm going to probably try to use some of hers as an example of good, uh, because I always have sample summaries, but, you know, I also like encourage people to write narrative if they want to write about it. You know, I, you know, the real trick to doing a good summary is not to try to do it all at the end of the week is to write mm. the review or write it down in a notebook right after you watch it with the score and what it is, and then come back. You can come back to it later and then compose it, which is what I do or just write it down uh, right at the end of the day write what you saw down because uh, if you do if you try to recreate it at the end of the week it can be very tedious and hard and you know that's not what this is about this is it is an exercise this is an ex the madness our contest is an exercise in discipline to an extent but it's supposed to be fun discipline it's supposed to be geekery this is nerd stuff we are nerds this is geekery and it's extreme horror geekery you know like you know only hit the nail on the head too and so you just you just lit a light bulb in my head at a question that you you asked about being a writer it's the exact same thing if i go and see a film and i do a review afterward it's a much better review than if i wait like a few days for whatever reason so you know that just it goes i didn't even realize that till just now so that's very I think very cool. Yeah, I would also give you a, a little bit of advice on movies too when you write reviews. Yes, write it down, write yeah, your initial please, thoughts please. down, fantastic. But sit on it for a couple of days and go back to it because believe it or not, your opinion of the movie might have changed in two days. And you might want to go back and reread it with fresh eyes and say, that's you know, true. I don't think I agree with myself anymore. It's happened, and it and it has happened. There there are a couple things up that I'm like, you know, I don't feel that way about that movie anymore. There's movies that I absolutely didn't enjoy that I like now uh, that have grown on me over the years, and there's films I love that I watch and I'm like, eh, it's kind of dated, you know. Yeah. Uh, so you know, it's 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 taste in 
change, you know, and we're getting older. I mean, none of us are, are spring chickens on the board here. <laughs> so we all have a few feathers, you know, we've been doing we're our thing for a while. Yeah, but, you know, I, I love the madness because only the madness would I come up with giving points for a um, gulag produced by Larry, uh, Larry, uh, last, uh, was it Larry Fessenden, right? Uh, right. he curated it, you know, like, like, how does that even work? Like, like, that's what the mad, that's how geeky it gets. Cause I bet you there's people that have no idea what a gulag is, shutter, or Larry Fessenden. Actually, Larry I know quite a few. <laughs> Especially Larry Fessenden. Uh, how many people in our in our panel here know who Larry Fessenden is? He was His on our guest list. This year is on my uh, best of list. Is that the scene you mentioned it? Oh, Depraved. well, that's yeah. Which which one? Depraved. His new uh, Frankenstein. Oh, I haven't. Uh, I it's haven't so good. Yet. So good. Yes. All right, we'll have to save that for moving. But yeah, um, uh, you know, we our our season. Oh my God! Will be six or seven? Five, six. Season six premiere. We'll yeah. talk about depraved. In, in, yeah. uh, but but that's good. Get it out now because I also I, I also wanted to say that I saw something in the theaters that I don't remember what I went to go see. I told you how. Oh, I saw Parasite. I saw fucking Parasite. Oh. Yeah. So yeah. Um. Boy, was that a weird movie. Um. And I've I, heard. I I don't know. If it's for everyone, but this audience, I you know the one I'm talking to now, including Aaron Marie, I think because I know Aaron Marie loves Korean films, so this well, not is really good. I love his particularly. Yeah, he, Snowpiercer he, this, is one of my favorite films, and they're making it into a TV show, which makes me very excited. Yeah, oh, I know, I'm so excited for that. I remember I have the cricket bar from San Diego Comic-Con. So that's one of my <laughs> favorite things. I actually have a chocolate cricket bar. I have yet to eat it. I should eat it on camera. I've been thinking about doing that. So, <laughs> uh, so, uh, uh, but yeah, um, I do recommend it to you guys. Not that you're necessarily going to like the movie, but I think you'll appreciate the movie. And if nothing else, the cinematography was amazeballs. And so was the setting. There's this house in Japan, and it all takes place, and a real famous architect designed this house, and there's articles on it. I've actually posted them. It is the coolest space to shoot a, a, a movie like this. I mean, it was, it's so, it's, there's some, a lot to like. Whether you'll like the narrative is another story, and I don't want to tell you anything about it, because it kind of, you know, people go into it thinking it's a, it's a, this one kind of film and it is not anything like that uh you know i i walked in thinking it was a, a more science fictiony thing and it ended up being more much more drama based and it's not science fiction at all it is straight up old school drama thriller horror at the end uh so you know it's more drama than horror but it's cool i would recommend you guys go see it and then come back and tell me what you think okay Thanks. Yeah. I, I need to talk to somebody about it. Like my husband didn't like it at all. Yeah. West Virginia. I need to. I need it because it's. It's. I have every year. I sadly have a bummer. I can't see this in this state list. And Parasite and Marriage Story are right at the top of that list because they have no plans to show anywhere in West Virginia. Period. Uh, yeah. Not even it. 
Well, you got that Huntington was, has one good place. Yeah, well, that's actually where I got to see the lighthouse, actually, and Jojo Rabbit this weekend was in Huntington. But even that, it's just, it, as of now, they still don't. But it, I, I guess if it makes, the more money it makes, um, and it's making money, apparently, uh, I guess you're right. There is a chance it could come to Huntington. Uh, it's making a lot of money. It was It's the highest grossing foreign film of 2019, which is Yeah, awesome. so I'm keeping um, my fingers crossed. Now, Erin Marie, though, you do have the Grandin in, in, in Roanoke, and occasionally the Grandin will show an indie film. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, so, you know, so that's always, so I would. Keep a lookout for it. <laughs> yeah, keep a lookout. Um, if, if you ever go to Roanoke, guys, go check out the Grandin Theater. It's actually the bomb. It is a beautiful old school movie palace style, but it's kind of got this whole like medieval Gothic. castle wall vibe yeah. going in it. Yeah. Cool. So it, I took Aaron Marie to see A Force Awakens there um, for one Christmas, and that was pretty, it was pretty interesting. Uh, and now we're here we are. We got the final movie coming. That'll be the next episode. Uh, so, um, so, Raven, let's close yeah. out Madness Talk, and then we're going to go ahead and start 2009. You are team, you're the team, you, it, was, it was not a blowout, but your team was the winner of the overall team uh, cumulative award, which means you get to uh-huh. ha- uh, help pick the theme again this year if you choose to do so. I actually have some of your um, teammates, some of your, your uh, are pinging me with suggestions, believe it or not. <laughs> like, next year, we, we want you to throw this in the ring. I'm like, okay. So, Raven, you yeah. won again. How does that make you feel? And how does it feel being kind of at this point, you are the veteran of the madness, you, you know, as a team judge? I'm like the geezer now. Um <laughs> Which is funny because as I had posted to my team, the first year that I was involved with the madness, I succumbed um, due to the pressures of life. And it kind of lit a fire under my butt. And um, the next year I was able to come back and I think I got fifth place and then I got third place and then I started judging. Um, And my theory was always I'll just keep judging until my team doesn't lose because then that way I won't miss out on any planning if I'm a a player, but then I keep (laughs) winning. So I never get to play. Um, But of course I would never throw the game to not win. (laughs) So a little of me is a little disappointed because I really want to play, but then I really like being a part of the behind the scenes stuff with you too. Uh, So you know, it's it's really cool, and everyone on the team, even the people who on other teams and mine who had to succumb, they were still involved in conversations. Um, it's not like they just left the group, <laughs> so that's cool, um, and that's really more what everything's about. I'm just glad to be in a, a group of people such as yourselves where we can geek out on this crap. Uh, and if you do want to play you know uh, you can still help me pick the theme because you can keep that mums until may that's not an issue right um you know i would just have to ice you out on the actual planning part of the of the madness but you would still have a leg up because you would know the theme so you know you just you just uh, would get to choose your you know help choose teams which is the true advantage of winning the judgeship yeah. is that you get the help me sort the teams. 
and that right. and and I do it very very fairly as right Raven I make sure yeah. it's very very fair and I thought that the teams distributed actually into a pretty well-rounded teams overall most of the teams were, great, yeah, were pretty I thought, good I thought they were really except strong for, teams except for poor Anthony's team Anthony Thurber's team was low scoring and and had like three dropouts I actually had to join his team oh. as a contestant and use my score to supplement his um, everyone Aww. but Chris Qualls t- team had dropouts this year. I had the longest sub- succumbed. Wow. This was the longest list of people who succumbed ever in the madness. It was also the least amount of players wow. I've had in five years. Um, so, uh, you know, so it was, it was, there wasn't a lot of attendees this year. It was very rough for everybody. Um, life was getting in the way. Right. <laughs> Let's just put it that right. way. It was, it was um, you know, we wanted to watch. We everyone loved the theme. The theme was a hit. I was really happy of the Kings and the Masters was a hit. People were a little confused about the guest list versus the the ten. Uh, you know, maybe I should have just stuck to the ten people on that were at the first dinner. But I was trying to expand people's like variety of movies. If you understand what I'm saying? Right. I wanted to put things on yeah. there that, you know, like Larry Fessenden and the Kyoto Brothers were on the list. Brian Trenchard-Smith, which one of my favorite things this year was getting to interview Brian Trenchard-Smith. That was just, uh, oh my yeah. God. Uh, you know, I, I played that I played that on both of my podcasts, that interview. Um, so, uh, you know, I wanted to make, you know, I wanted to include all these other people. And some people were hitting the guest list pretty good. Other people were sticking to John Carpenter films because they were all sixes. Uh, you know, it, you know, so, you know it, it really, it was interesting what people were doing. Um, you know, Stephen King got a lot of love. Um, I introduced, I was very happy to introduce to a bunch of people to uh, Mother's Day which is Daryl Lynn Bozeman's yeah. horror, a horror remake. I was very pleased oh, that yeah. went over pretty well. Um, the like viewing it. parties were really fun this year. I would they say the highlight of the madness for me this year was the live viewing parties. Um, we had two really good ones, uh, and I showed my own movie in one of them. Uh, you know, and then uh, uh, you know, and then we watched Carrie with my daughter. She watched, joined us for the first movie of the of the second viewing party, and that was cool. Uh, you know, so there was. A lot of good, even if it was a really rough year. And uh, next year, it'll be my 13th year doing the madness. If I do do the madness, I always take a little time off and not think about it until at least February. At least <laughs> after Days of the Dead is kind of when I decide to start thinking about madness. Because uh, <laughs> it is for me, it's almost a year thing planning, right? Um, so, uh, but uh, what was I going to say? Uh, but that Halloween is on a Saturday next year oh, uh, in 2020, yeah. and it's a full moon on sewing. So we have, um, you know, it's going to be a 13, and we're going to have to incorporate those elements into the theme planning, Raven. Oh, for sure. Yeah. So Absolutely. Yeah. On it. <laughs> on it. All right. So it's 930. Should we take a uh, uh, a thirty eight second uh, break and come back? Sure. All right. Probably specific, but yes. Yeah. <laughs> I guess that's what I'm clicking on. 
Um, oh, and by the way, the opening song was Seven Rings by Ariana Grande, which was, you know, a version of these are a few of our favorite things. So that's why I opened the show with it. So anyway, let's take a break and we'll be right back with one of my favorite theme songs. Here is one of my favorite theme songs of 2019. Be right back. Dragula receives a cash prize of $10,000, courtesy of DragQueenMerch.com, and the title of Dragula, the world's next drag supermodel. Drag, 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 Dragula. We go together, better than birds of a feather, you and me, we change the weather. Yeah. I'm feeling heat in December when you found me I've been dancing on top of cars and stumbling out of bars I follow you through the dark, can't get enough You're the medicine and the pain, the tattoo inside my brain And maybe you know it's obvious I'm a sucker for you And uh, Erin Marie just pointed out to me that I didn't ask her what her favorite film of 2000 of the Madness was this year. Um, that's how 2018 has been for me. Or 19, I don't even know what year it is. Uh, I just I forget obvious things. So Erin Marie, please, before we get crazy with the the present talk, what was your favorite film of the Madness this year? Yeah, when you asked Steve about favorite films and stuff, I was like, oh, shit, I should have mentioned it because I can't mention it that the 2000, you know, our opening um, our opening episode because it wasn't a 2019 film, but holy shit, the house that Jack built was fucking fantastic. Oh, I can't so believe you saw it. I love that movie. Oh, me too. I mean... I like Lars Van Trier. I have I have liked you know Antichrist and I I liked um, Melancholia. I've seen Necrophy. Uh, fucking love yeah. Melancholia. Nymphomaniac anyway. one and two, but fucking the house that Jack built was incredible. It was such a good intimate look at the inside of a serial killer, and I love you know of course it's Lars Van Trier, so it's going to be artsy as fuck. And it starts out <laughs> in complete darkness, and you just hear two voices, and you can tell just by what's being said that he's being led down to hell. So he's telling this story on the way down to hell, and the end of the movie, of course, is the hell journey, which is really kind of weird, trippy, just very Lars, but <laughs> it is so fucking good. I mean, I just fell in love with that movie. Yeah, me too. Well, that's good, good. And actually, it, it does count for our best of 2019 because most people didn't see that movie until 2019 because it didn't get hardly any release. Got, I mean, it was like, it wasn't even, it was here and gone in our area. Like, you blank, you missed it. So I can't even imagine it made it to, to uh, Roanoke. <laughs> 
or, or yeah, West no. Virginia. No. no. It has such a limited release. I think it was only in theaters for like a week because of its controversial um, yeah. content. And, of course, I didn't get to see the unedited version um, because that one I would have had to have paid for. <laughs> but the Jack Built right now is on Showtime anytime. So that's where I watched it, if anybody is interested. <laughs> Actually, I kind of am interested. I haven't seen it yet. So that's yeah, a good reminder. So thank you. have the information. <laughs> As someone that All did right. show out the money for the unrated version, I would say that a lot of times I like um, – director's cuts or whatever um but there is it just seems to me that the only thing that it the unrated cut added because i saw the theatrical first was just more um brutality for the sake of brutality so i actually think that you can get the same experience on with the showtime anytime cut like that you get That actually gives leads into a good thing to talk about in our year review here. Um, 2019 saw the return of the theatrical and director cut releases. We had, you know, House the Jack Bill and Midsummer, and there was a couple other films too that came out this year that had double cuts come out. How do we feel about this trend returning? It was really popular for a while around the DVD uh, explosion, you know, and then it kind of. Because then then people started realizing it became a marketing ploy more than an actual honest-to-God cut of the film, you know, and we lost it for a while. And now it's back, and it's kind of polished and shiny, but it's uh, – you didn't think that the director's cut for Jack Built contributed to the film, but do you think the trend – itself is 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 going to be one of our favorite things of 2019 is it going to continue is it a positive turn that go back to double cuts of the movies again i think it's a good thing i think it is because a lot of the times the director's vision is taken out of context by what the studio wants it just depends on the film honestly well, but here, like Midsummer, for example, Midsummer uh, is really good in both cuts. There's, I mean, it doesn't matter which cut you see. I would say they're both good. Uh, there's some unnecessary stuff in the in the director's cut that you could cut out, actually. But it's not that. But it it doesn't actually take away from the film being in it, if that makes any sense. Right. Uh, you know, uh, but. Is it necessary? That's the question. Do we really need the double cuts like this? I mean, why are you know both of both of those cuts were both heavily covered by Ari Aster. He he had his hand in the pot, um, but yeah, it is studios that usually try to make things shorter, right? It's really about yeah. length more well, than actual well, content, right? Controversial content, yeah, right. But one thing that it has been doing that I appreciate is that because audiences seem to be interested in the different cuts it's affording directors from old-timey movies uh such as 2019 had a new apocalypse now cut um and i think of this trend hadn't been on the upswing that might not have been funded so um the interest is positive from where i stand because in the long run i think it's going to help with film archiving and protection 
and that's a really good spin on it. I agree. And I also want to shout, yeah, shout out to the revival movement that's been happening in the theaters, not just the revival houses like Colonial Theater, but we're actually Mm -hmm. Fathom Films is exploding. We're having all these anniversary releases coming out with really nice 4K scans of movies. Some of them we've seen before, like, you know, Ghostbusters, but at the same time, a 4K scan of Apocalypse Now is well overdue and gorgeous and, you know, Mm -hmm. and worth it. And the alien cut that came out was supposed to be extremely good. Uh, You know, there there was the anniversary of that over this, over the fall. I mean, so, uh, you know, I actually think, yeah, I'm really thinking that people want to see these films in the actual aspect ratios that they came out in initially. There's a, a, you know, people want to see what was it like to see, you know, a film, you know, Ghostbusters on a big screen. Because they've really got to face it. Almost every kid on this planet probably that has a television access or an internet access has seen Ghostbusters. Everyone, every parent has showed their kids. Ghostbusters. I've showed my kid Ghostbusters. Erin Marie, have you showed your kid Ghostbusters? Absolutely. Yeah, we all show Ghostbusters. But for some reason, they still go see it in this big screen and a special screening, and they do well. So that makes me happy. (laughs) You know, go to the theater. Hang out with your buddies. It's still a collective experience. People still want collective experience. And I'm Here's a trend of 2019 I'm going to ask about that I think is kind of weird. I have noticed going to the theater now, there are apps related to the theater that they encourage you to use right before the film starts. How do we yeah. feel about that? Who wants to bring, who wants to go first on that one? Mm. <laughs> I haven't used any yet, so it's really going to depend on what I get out of it and that everyone turns their fucking phones off when this movie starts. That That's key for me. I had my phone go off in a theater this this year, and that's the second time Ooh. that's ever happened. And you know how awful that makes me feel? <laughs> it's the worst feeling. Of all people. I usually turn my sound off in the parking lot before I even go in so I don't forget. Yeah, same. Oh man, I, I, that's what I'd be worried about. I'd be fucking around with their app, and then like I forget to turn off my phone, you know, or something stupid. Right. You know, I just I feel like nobody wins because having worked at a movie theater before, and I'm sure if if you were working at one when phone technology, uh, you know, was available like it is as it is today, no, there's always been a group of people a very large percentage of the population that are terrible with technology. And the people that are working at the movie theater are not getting paid enough to deal with, you know, a screaming white lady because she doesn't have $2 (laughs) off her popcorn. Like, I don't know. If if they're going to utilize an app and, and then your front of house has to be quality control for that. You need to pay your ushers more. And everyone, just pay your ushers more in general. Thank you. Uh, 
let we now I know we're not talking movies, but we're talking about the movie experience, which is actually kind of interesting because there's been a lot of movement there this year. And the last mm-hmm. but not least thing that happened relating to movies is that they have revert the Supreme Court has reversed the antitrust yeah. um, studios that. that the Paramount had, and now they are going to be able to buy movie make movies and release them in theaters that they own, uh, which was uh, how the studio system got busted up was that Supreme Court ruling. It has been reversed. And you know what? I actually understand why they did it. It makes sense. Uh, you know, we got to think about it. It's a different era. Netflix is buying theaters to release movies, you know, specifically to get them out so they are get legal for Oscar. And you're going to get to go see a film like Roma in the theaters, which, you know, which is kind of cool. Mm-hmm. So, you know, Paramount now wants to compete with that, clearly. And, then you know, it, it's going to... We are seeing a dawn of, I guess, the streaming wars is making a dawn of a new studio system because there's just going to be lots of little elite ones everywhere, right? Ones that do right. like one or two things, you know. There's, you know, we we saw the big here. Let's let's another thing that happened in 2019. We have the gut of the streaming wars because not only did YouTube's premium channel launch in the last year or two um, with their, and they came out with karate kid TV shows, <laughs> two seasons of that shit. Uh, and um, the Apple TV launched. And of course, Disney plus literally launched last week and 10 million and people, including how many, two elite, the criterion relaunched, right? Is the new criteria in channel. April. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah I mean, good. that's, that's right. Um, Aaron Marie and Aaron Kogan both, I know, have got Disney Plus. Did anybody else get Disney Plus? Last I, week? I have Disney Plus. Yeah, I got it. I got, it. <laughs> Actually, I got a 12, 12-month 12 free trial through Verizon. Oh, oh, nice. oh! You got the Verizon trial. Excellent. Yeah. Go ahead. I got a ridiculously good deal for three years at uh, the D23 Expo. Yeah, I know you did. That was just awesome. And <laughs> so silly. I'm still, I'm so basically I'm still the only holdout and not getting Disney Plus. But I have a little bit of a confession to make. I don't have it, but my father-in-law in the basement basement does. He's he's got it. He's watching it right now. He watches, by the way, Three Caballeros over and over again a lot, which is yeah. nice. So, uh, well, he's into music, and, and and it's actually pretty good. So, uh, you know, I, it has the the Burrow with Wings cartoon also, which I like. Uh, <laughs> so, um, so the streaming wars. There's some. What do we? Is that one of our favorite things of 2017? Uh, do we like that? Is it? Um, how do we feel? I, I'm not sure I'm happy with all this fracturing, to be honest with you. I can't really keep up with it. I know. It's hard because I'm so in love with Criterion and Disney Plus. And I know Disney Plus isn't even partway done through their catalog yet. You know, it's just starting out. And I know it's going to get better, but then I'm also just it's a lot of information to keep abreast on every day when it's like there's a new streaming service every other week. Yeah. I like shutters have been a big deal for me. Yeah. I like shutter. Erin Marie, what about you? You were about to say something. I was going to say that I think, um, 
that all of the streaming wars, as well as uh, being able to purchase your own movie theaters, is going to make content a little harder to come by. Uh, I'm kind of afraid of the future and and where you're going to be able to see things, honestly. Um, But I was also going to say that Disney Plus, I've noticed, is missing a lot of things that I love. They expect people in their 40s. I mean, that's that's basically what I'm imagining. You know, people in their 40s that have children or that love Disney as a child to get this app, yet they don't have half of the things that I used to watch, like Kids Incorporated or Dumbo Circus or Bride of Boogity or there's so much missing that I'm a little I thought they had I thought they had the Boogity and the sequels on there. No, they have Mr. Boogity. They do not have Bride of Boogity. Oh, I thought they had both. They just okay. started out, though. Yeah, I mean, and they have a release schedule. And they came out As of the, the gate with 500 movies and right. original content and specials and select channels within the one channel for Pixar, for Muppets, for Marvel, for Star Wars. And there's still things missing from those, though. I mean, there's not anything missing. Right, from but they've addressed that. Yeah. But there's definitely the things month. missing from Muppets. But yeah. there's not enough Muppets, that's for sure. I noticed that. Um, you know, the, the Disney. I'm I'm waiting. There's there's a couple things I'm waiting for. One is I'm waiting for Orville season two to come out, and at that point, I might just break down and get the Hulu bundle, uh, and include Disney in that. Uh, so but there's do they that. even have, like, I, I was looking at the Hulu slash Disney Plus package, and I did not see where they had the the adless options for Hulu on the Disney Plus Hulu package. Plus, you have to get ESPN, and who the fuck wants sports? I really don't want ESPN, actually. I don't give a fuck about ESPN at all. It's like, I was hoping it would just be Hulu, and it was just Hulu and Disney. Yeah, because... I, I, I use Hulu to stream certain TV shows that I can only get. And there's a few, and like the Into the Dark series. I really like that series of horror films. And yes. you can only get that Absolutely. on Hulu. Yeah. So, I'm also uh, looking you forward know. to watching Pilgrim around Thanksgiving. <laughs> you know, um, you know and, and their Halloween list is actually pretty darn good. They usually have a nice mix of, of mainstream and uh, indie titles on there. I wouldn't have seen Tragedy Girls if it wasn't for Hulu. Uh, so oh, I, yeah. yeah, so I, I, I'm, I get that. Um, I don't like the fracturing that much. I liked when it kind of bundled in, but there's been some, I think, delights in this. One is Tubi Television. Um, uh, yeah. It's free. The selection is fantastic. And, uh, you know, and it's, there's even though there's ads there's also the way the algorithm works on that it it, they will renew things if it gets a lot of hits and and i think we actually did for mother's day because mother's day was set to retire and i noticed they renewed it so i think there was enough interest they kept it they they re-upped the license on it so i was like we we saved the movie (laughs) madness but I don't know. I just—it's my fantasy. Okay, I don't know if it's true. This is how I dream. It but probably anyway. was though. <laughs> no, it might have been. It Which probably was. Coincidence. Tubi Television is is delightful. So there is some free things. There is stuff still out there on the on the on the Roku that 
is not like here, gotta go here, gotta go there. I gotta pay this much money so I can see one show. You know, that's the problem with with the Disney thing and the Mandalorian is right now that that and the Imagineering documentary are really the only yes. two things I want to see on on Disney Plus right now. That is, oh new. no, you want to see you want to see the world according to Jeff Goldblum. It's so goddamn it's kind of cute. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> Kind of freaking cute. Yeah, it is. It's so cute. There's a lot of good television this year. Um, I would say that I don't have Disney Plus yet, though. Um, when when Disney Plus gets, there's a couple titles. One I keep yelling is Watcher in the Woods, and I have a feeling it will pop up at some point. They they don't always sure they don't really it. hide they don't really hide that film. Um, the other one, one of the others is Child of Blast, but I have a, I finally, after years, Aaron Marie knew I was actively hunting a good copy of Child of Glass for years and finally landed one. I'm hoping someday that they might actually release that on, on Disney Plus so people can see it. Because I think it's underrated, and it was one of my favorite ghost stories as a kid growing up. It's very sad. It's very tragic. It's one of the few times you get a child murderer, like like a real honest-to-God fucking child murderer in a, in a Disney film. I mean, it, it's, it's, it's a good movie. Uh, I don't know if you guys remember it, but um, I really, really love that movie. And it, it's got a southern flair to it you know uh, it's it does have feel you can feel it's made for tv roots a little bit because it was that it was shot for the world of disney uh i think they showed it in either one night or two nights i don't remember uh but but it's still i think i was really so if it gets those films i might start paying attention a little bit more they need to fix. They said they're going to do it they need to fix the simpsons the simpsons aspect ratio is all fucked up uh, there, there, and so, but they did say by January that they should have the graphic ratio corrected. So that's good to hear, because you yeah. know, I, you know, oh no, don't do that, because you know, I remember when it happened the first time around. You'd watch it on, I guess, it was CW, and it was all like off and 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 terrible. And I'm like, you can't do that to Matt Groening's imagery. It, you lose the gag, you lose the joke. And right. sure enough, people notice that immediately. Um, so, you know, it, it, they don't know how to do continue watch yet. They're still learning how to do that. I'm really surprised they launched an app without continue watch. That one kind of surprised me because, I mean, don't you think that would be like one of the first things you would set up as a, like, like Netflix has had a continue watch since it started streaming wars, but, uh, you know, <laughs> So Disney's still learning, but you know what? Disney's always got the best sound, the best scans. Yeah. You can't really deny that. You know, uh, you know, they, they, with the exception of the Simpsons, but that wasn't their fault. Uh, You know, I think Disney (laughs) plus is a lot more intuitive and a lot easier to use than Amazon prime or Hulu. I find Hulu a little confusing, even though I like the selection. Um, Amazon Prime, I want to talk about that in particular, because I thought some of the best television came from Amazon Prime this year. Uh, so yeah, but using the favorites. system, using using yeah. the setup and everything and finding what you need on it, not You know what I, I hate right now is Netflix. Netflix is really starting to piss me off. I like I hate these auto starts. I hate that it goes yeah. right. 
even when I'm binging, I don't mind having a countdown to the next episode. Make it longer than five seconds for crying out loud. Five seconds. It it should be 15 seconds. That's plenty of time for you to toggle it over to back and hit the button. Because I like to watch credits, especially for video shows. You know, like like she Princesses of Power. I'm streaming that. I'm binging that again with Lily. Uh, and uh, there's guest voices on the show. And so I want to see who talks, you know. Same with Rick and Morty. Mm-hmm. You know, Rick and Morty has tons of guests, by the way. Oh, my God, Rick and Morty. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm so happy to have Rick and Morty back in my life. Oh, my God. Um, that is definitely Short season, but it's good so far. Yeah, I know. We oh only have three episodes left it. already. I know. Oh my god! They said they couldn't like. That's all they could do. I'm like, really? That's you have that you seventy episode contract, and you give us five. I know that animation's hard. Uh, <laughs> oh well, we'll talk about Rick and Morty in a few minutes. Anyway, um, so uh, you know, I actually really think this is interesting how we're kind of going right into television here uh, with Disney. Um, so. Disney needs to, they need to up their game ever so slightly, but they're Disney. They always up their game. Like, I always tell Aaron, Aaron Kogan when I go visit him, the reason why I like Disney is because the minute I step into the parking lot and get out of my car, I feel instantly served. Like, the, the customer service and the accommodations that Disney gives you from beginning to end, their product is always high. And, you know, yep. I, went to, I went to see Galaxy's Edge, which is amazing. The problem is, is they're pricing themselves out. And, you know, yeah. it's becoming a, 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 a vacation for the elite, which is not what it's supposed to be. Now, the good news is that I think they know this. And they're starting to give discounts. And, like, you can go now to Orlando, and it's $79 to go to Magic Kingdom for the day after uh, noon, which is actually, like, almost what? That's, like, really dirt cheap. How much is it to walk in the door now, Aaron, to a single day for one person? Well, they actually did bring back the SoCal Pass, and – we talked about this before. There was a huge yeah. shakeup. The president of Disneyland had to leave and go to Florida, and there's a huge shakeup because the whole rollout of uh, Galaxy's Edge was just effed. Like the one in Orlando, or it was just no, a mess? The, okay, or the they, overall the crowd packing. didn't come up. They scared people away. They charged too much. Yeah, it, it was not the best rollout, uh, and and they didn't stay on top of it publicity-wise. There are stories in the newspaper about how cast members are getting their hours cut down, and just it was a mess. Yeah, and, and it's had so much potential. It really, and it still does. I think it still does. Lot, it still does. Uh, so uh, the people. Don't lo- they do not love Star Wars the way that our generation did. Our generation <laughs> was really the Star Wars fanatics. And the, the generations behind us just see Star Wars as another part of yeah. their property. Um, you and know, I think you hit it right. I think if there's one kernel in the whole thing, you hit on it right there. They picked the wrong Star Wars. They went with uh, the Order instead of going with the Empire. 
That was a fail. Mm-hmm. They should have gone episodes four, five, six. Make it a vintage oh, no. style. That would have been. Yeah. It's all first it's order. Exactly. It's all first order. I didn't yeah, know that. It's res- it's yeah. age of resistance. They're trying to create Which their own Which isn't horrible because, I mean, you know. It, yeah, it's, right. I like the first order. Yeah. It, it's cool. And they've yeah, got, totally. uh, yeah, they've got a brand new ship uh, that I guess we're going to see in the next movie. First time it's ever been seen is in the park. And I guess it's going to be Kylo Ren's ship. And that's, oh, that's cool. Very and, cool. Yeah. So it's I'm not there is any coolness there. I just think they targeted it wrong. Yeah, it, you know, it's funny because I still that think he, they could they could tweak it and it could still because the things that hit did hit well, like the cantina inside Galaxy oh, Edge. Yeah. If 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 the rest of the park is empty, brilliant, it's always full. <laughs> There's yep. never not everyone goes there, uh, and I would say <laughs> that is that place was. And one of the, and the reason why it was awesome is not what you expect. Yes, the detail was fantastic. The food's expensive, and it went up, which is Ridiculous. even worse. I don't even. It was expensive food, expensive drinks. And but you know, there's a DJ, a robot DJ. The robot <laughs> DJ is behind, me and he does, and he and he bounces up and down to the music. I even got to hear the Cantina song, and he played it, and I was like, yay! Because he has actually a rather large repertoire of music he's playing. It's kind of cool. Um, but really it's cool. the robot himself is actually a salvage. And it's a salvage from the original Star Tours ride over at Tomorrowland, uh, which was voiced originally by Paul Rubens. Uh, and exactly. they took the... They, you know, they took it and they took the uh, the robot out when they did the upgrade. Oh my gosh, uh, so Captain Rex is and, now DJ Rex, yo. Yeah. So <laughs> that warmed my nostalgic heart to no end. To know that they they saved that robot and they use they're using one of them for for the cantina. So cuz he you know, I love that Paul Rubens voiced the character and I honestly think the robot added to the to the ride. The original totally robot did. reacted to everything that was happening and he was part of the ride with you. He was on it. You know, and it was like and he moved his head tilted all sorts of crazy ways <laughs> and you don't quite get that. You get the cool video thing in the new version of Star Tours, which is neat because, you know, they scan the audience and they actually show somebody's picture and and the evil genius <laughs> got on there once, which was awesome, you know, and, awesome. and then you get the and you get the 3D Yoda and that's cool. But there was something oh, about yeah. having the robot go with you on the ride and experience it with you at the same time. It added to the narrative and you know, and when and as the ride was tricking you, thinking you're spinning, he would spin the other way and kind of discombobulate you. It worked. It worked. Really, it was very clever. So yay! I'm I'm so glad Rex is alive. Sorry, I had to. I've been really really excited to see him since I went to Disneyland this year. I was like, oh, he's back. So um. I haven't got anyway. it yet, but I, I am gonna get the uh, the DJ Rex. That's a uh, uh, Bluetooth speaker. Oh, are you? That's. Cool. I have to. I freaking have to. 
A lot of people, okay, so they have these crazy gift shops in this area, and a lot of people were buying this BB-8 rolling speaker. Did you see that in the mm-hmm. Galaxy's Edge? Yeah, that was like a huge, everyone was buying this thing, and I but I I couldn't afford anything in that place. I think I bought <laughs> I bought some drinks, which were outrageous, and and some snackage, which wasn't very good, but it was snackage. Aww. But it was just about being in the cantina. I the the actual cantina itself was so cool, it didn't matter. Um, and then like, uh, what was it? I I bought some enamel pins. <laughs> of course, sure, because that's what you do in Disneyland is you buy Things enamel roll. pins. Yep, uh, and that was it. That was all I bought. <laughs> I think I bought a postcard. <laughs> it was just like that's it. Yeah, it was all I could afford in that place. They actually had a fucking twenty thousand. Was it twenty thousand dollars for that thing? The the actual full size R two D two in the in the droid. Something up- like that. I yeah, saw it, but yeah. See that's the that's also once again elite vacation. You know, even though I bet you the Ma- the five hundred and first and the Mandalorians uh, were just <laughs> like, yeah, full size armor suits, oh yeah, you know, because they were they sold get guys they sold full size army suits there. Uh, you know, we should be really talking about this next episode when we talk about Star Wars. But you know, yeah. I did, I did, yeah. So we should pull off of this. But I just wanted to make sure that you know. But it was one of the like we had to talk about it on the review show because it's Star yeah, Wars. Because it was some of your favorite events. <laughs> yeah, well, it's not even a favorite event. It was one of the biggest rollouts that ever failed. Right? <laughs> it was like amazing yet fizzled at the same time you know it's too bad you know like dr sleep did dr sleep was brilliant but fizzled you know you know we got to keep that movie up we did our part i want to say that as horror geeks uh, the thursday night screening was awesome they did they did great on thursday night so i want to say shout out to the horror geeks they did go see dr sleep fuck all y'all I'm sorry I'm just like you know of all people are demanding good horror they get a Michael Flanagan Stephen King adaptation and what do they do wait to pirate (laughs) it yeah wait to pirate it but that's probably what they're doing the horror geeks we go (laughs) we went we went oh we got a caller we got a caller well let's see I go let's see Okay, there it is. 701, you're on with the Sexy Witches. Hello, Sexy Witches. How are you doing? It's Janessa. Hi, Janessa. Good timing. Hello. How are you doing? I've been rambling about apps and Star Wars, so it's probably good you call in and change the subject. Yeah, well, I heard the a lot of the discussion around like streaming services, and my favorite thing on Netflix right now if you're not watching it, you need to watch The Fix. I absolutely love the it. Fix. The Fix. The Fix. Yeah, so we're about to talk like, television. It's awesome. So go ahead. Yeah, it's like Netflix's like attempt to bring British panel shows to the U.S. And so okay. it's, uh, host, it's hosted by Jimmy Carr, 
Um, nice. And they have two teams of two comedians. One is always hosted. One is always led by D.L. Hughley, and one is Catherine Ryan. And they bring in guest comedians, and they come up with a fix for some sort of social problem. And so, like, they spend the first half of the episode talking about what the issue is, and they have this really fabulous person who comes in and gives, like, actual factual information. Her name is Mona Chalaby. She's wonderful. And then they give, like, a comedic solution, and then the audience votes on it for which one to implement. It's so funny. <laughs> That's awesome. Oh God! It's it's been a good year for reality. There's a there's something interesting. Reality not only has it been a great year for narrative television, reality television has been rocking it too. So I mean, you know, it's hit its stride. Erin Marie, do you have a favorite reality television show you're watching right now? I don't watch reality TV. I hate it. <laughs> oh, this is. That's funny because usually you like there'll be like one, and I don't mean Ghost Adventures; those are terrible. But uh, <laughs> so, uh, but um, but I was like, uh, the fix is on Netflix. What else has been really good this year, television-wise? Uh, I would say the streaming services have been way outpacing broadcast television when it comes to quality. Yes. Uh, so um, my favorite television, and and why I was like Janessa reminded, was like we were talking about Dragula on the Halloween episode, is Amazon Prime. I think was I think the most binge worthy of all of the three major apps: Hulu, Amazon, and Netflix. Netflix had my, some of my favorite shows, but I think binging wise, like I binged the 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 the, the shows more often on Amazon. Um, one of them was the Ma- Marvelous uh, Maisel, uh, which I, the season two, which season three is about to come out, which I'm kind of excited for. Uh, of course, Dracula, like I said. Um, Fleabag. How many of us have watched Fleabag yet? Has, yes. have you watched Fleabag? Yeah, okay. Like, it won right. everything for a reason. Uh, it's very strange. Ooh, let's see. Somebody else talk about Fleabag because I've talked about it a lot already on this show. Like the one thing I haven't watched. <laughs> and my sister is begging me too. She's obsessed with it. My sister is absolutely obsessed with Fleabag. She fucking loves it. It's a short, easy binge. That's the one thing I will say about it. It's it's a little. It's very strange. It, I I tend to. I don't know, Janessa. How do you feel about fourth wall breakage? I know that you do a lot of hosting, but I mean, as a medium itself in narrative. I, it depends. I don't always love it. I generally fall on the side of not loving it, but if it's done really well, I'm trying to think of an example of a time where I actually didn't mind it. Um, but usually I find that shows are better without it. Yeah, I, I do too. I mean, there's some famous ones like Ferris Bueller, but that's really, it drives the narrative in that case. But, uh, you know, but uh, Fleabag, has that problem it has a they, he she constantly breaks the fourth wall and at first i thought i feel like you did i thought it felt like it was going to be a distraction but as she develops the show and season two ends up using it in a way you don't expect and it actually ends up being rather a little plot device in the end and uh 
a little weird. It's a little subversive, all in the right ways. I really like the show. I, I, I'm really psyched that she won. Like, I wanted, I was rooting for a couple other shows, but that she won, everything, like, blew my mind. Um, so, Erin Marie, get on that with your sister. You, you'll, you're going to, season two especially, you're going to fucking love it. I'm serious. Yeah. Season yeah, two is. Yeah, telling me. But oh, I'm, my God, season know, two. So I was in the middle of the madness before, and now I'm kind of finishing up some other things before I start it. Plus, uh, the fourth season of The Man in the High Castle just dropped on Amazon Prime, and I love so, that show. It, that's Nazi show, right? I have yeah. watched this show. Yeah. I, wa- I yeah. watched some of the first season. It, it, um, it's Philip K. Dick. It's, it's fucking good. And I gotta get on that. There's so much television I don't watch. It's ridiculous. Even though I did watch a lot of television this year, uh, a lot more. Uh, of course, I think all of us as geeks probably all saw The Boys, right? Oh my god, yeah, I love The Boys. Absolutely, I watched the pilot. I watched it twice. It is so good. I'm really excited for season two. I like anything that, that subverses the uh, superhero tropes. And, I, I, you know, the the graphic novel I remember reading, and I was just kind of, um, uh, if you've read it, like, it is actually a lot crazier than the things that they actually put in the show. Like, I was worried about uh, specifically the plane sequence because that specifically relates to 9-11 in the book. And I was like, there's no way they're going to adapt that the way that he wrote that. But, um, yeah, the the boys was awesome. Uh, uh, and I was just great TV. I just keep thinking Chernobyl the whole time keeps popping in my head, too. Well, Homelander is one of my it, – it's absolutely my favorite villain probably in the past 10 years. Incredible. And I heard next season they're going to be introducing Storm Chaser, which is um, – they've, they've made Storm Chaser I, – I, I was watching some YouTube video on it – said that it was male in the comics, but they're going to make Storm Chaser a female in the show. And she's supposed to be worse than Homelander is. I didn't love the boys as much as some people did, though I appreciated the fuck out of it, if that makes any sense. I think there was a lot of potential there. I don't have the, um, um, hold on, just saying. Yeah, call back. Janessa dropped. I want her to call back. So, all right, call back. Um, so, but, but the boys, I think, like, I, the, the, along the run got better and better. Like by the end of it, it there's a lot of payoff, a lot of sell and I know there's some changes from the source material, but everyone I know that liked the source material said the changes didn't bother them. Like it yeah, was they, they yeah. had fun with it. Um exactly. you know, you know kind of like like Fellowship of the Rings, you know, uh yeah. you know, it, the adaptation is fine. Welcome back, Janessa. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, I had a little, oh, a little problem there. <laughs> it's okay. It's blog talk. It, it, it can't be blog talk without some audio problem, or we're just not doing it right. Um. So, or me rambling. That's the other thing that happens. But uh. So did Janessa do? Um. How did you like the costuming in uh in uh the boys? 
I've liked it. Um, I haven't watched a lot of The Boys. I kind of got caught up in some other things, but I do like the way um, I'm a fan of Starlight. That's some cosplay opportunities. Yeah. Which costume? Which yeah, one? exactly. There was two of them. <laughs> There's two of them. Well, I would think the main base one is pretty. Cool. I actually think, uh, you know, I, I, I think I like this, the, the, the twist on the superhero looks and everything. Uh, I, I, I think there needs. There was something. I, I want a little bit more. I would just want something else, and I'm not sure what to make it me like 100% love the show. It, it, I, I give it like a B plus. Don't get me wrong. I, I will watch the next season easily. And I'm actually, and it's got Carl Urban in it, and we like Carl Urban, don't we, Aaron? Carl oh, Urban. We, oh, we've got a panel. Red movie coming. Oh, please give me Dread too. God damn. Oh, man. Oh, no, you're just going to get two more FP. Best fucking Dread ever. Please. You're just going to get two more FP movies. You're just going to have to deal with that, okay? Same universe. So, same universe, right? So, you know, unless you want to go, like, see if you can drug Richard Stanley and hold a knife to him and say, hey, make a follow-up to hardware, which, you know, and maybe he would do it, but, you know, that's kind of a dream. I could do that. <laughs> he I might also put a curse on me. <laughs> he probably will. He probably already knows what we're talking about. I mean, like, I know. Oh, you yeah. know. Anyway, yeah. I don't know why I went on a Richard Stanley. Oh, because I saw a documentary on him recently. Another one. They oh, made another... Ruby, he's got that new yeah. uh, H.P. Lovecraft movie coming out, Color yeah. Out of Space. Mm. I'm all uh, about that. Yeah. Oh, yes, you're right. Space. With Nick Cage, yeah. right? With oh, Nicholas God. Cage. It's, same, it's oh, the same... The same guys that produced Mandy, Elijah Wood and Daniel Noah's God. company. Damn, Mandy was good. Yeah, yeah, Mandy, that's what I thought. Uh, last year on these are a few of our favorite things. I said Mandy's had my favorite soundtrack of of a yes. horror film. Yeah, yes. so it was one of my favorites. So uh, you know, the movie itself was okay, but the music was off the chain. Oh, I really liked it. Love that hey, movie. I'm. Yeah, well, we'll talk, we talked about that movie on the show. We covered we that bitch. We did. And I, I saw some of Yeah. Fucking love it. Mandy is cool. <laughs> <laughs> we, need, we need more movies with color palettes like that in our lives, you know? Uh, yes, you know? Yep. You know, uh, so Mandy had it. I was thinking TV shows that had it. Uh, Glow. Glow. This season wasn't as strong as the first two seasons, uh, but when they turned on the glamour and the wrestling, it still rocked. How, I would say, has anybody yet on this panel seen Glow? Because I keep trying yeah. to get you guys to watch I it. Was, I'm a huge I fan. I absolutely living for that conversation between Sam in, and her in the hot tub when he confessed his love. He was like, I love you. And I was like, oh, my God. Like, I was on the edge of my seat that whole conversation. <laughs> yeah, and I think that's actually what my pro- one of my problems was this year. First of all, there wasn't enough wrestling. When it was wrestling, it was on point. It was amazing. Not enough wrestling this year. And then the storyline pushed Mark Marone away from the girls and gave him a beeline. And, and, and he, you know, and some of the best moments in the first two seasons is when he's with the, the whole group of girls. You know, he's hysterical. And Mark Marin, and so I kind of miss him. But I'm hoping that the fourth season, I'm actually really surprised and happy to hear they're going to renew it for one more season, uh, makes up for the any of 
those kind of things that happened in season three. I still gonna give it a total shot. How about you, Aaron? And I know Steve oh, will. He's been yeah. So. Martin Mayer um, and I was. I was, I was a little pissed off. I was a little pissed off at um, oh god, what's his character's name? Uh, the 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 producer of the show because he was being such Bad. a jackass for half of the thank uh, you. Yeah, no, it, it felt false. That that whole storyline felt a little phony. Uh, you know, it, 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 not the coming out part of the story, the the whole anger and being a dick, because he'd never come across that way in the first two seasons. You know, no, uh, it's such a sweetheart. He cared about everyone. Yeah, no, it's it, it was it felt out of character. I mean, people sure when people have secrets, they they act out and stuff, but it just didn't feel natural for his character. To it, I can see him lashing out in other ways. You know, but anyway, it, it, but I still, like I said, I love Glow, and I can't wait to see more of Glow. Um, let's see. Janessa, you said you had a bunch of things you were watching. Why don't you throw out a few? I So I'm also obsessed with Netflix's She-Ra. Yeah, that new She-Ra cartoon is amazing. Yep. Thank you. Erin so Marie good. will not give it a chance. So I did good. an entire episode to it because I love the show. Love it. Love it. Um, so what, what, why are you obsessed with it? I can go on for hours why I'm obsessed with it. <laughs> I... I think what I love about it is that it's such a perfect sort of representation of inclusivity because every, there's so many different types of people and identities and ways that they look and the ways that they interact, but it's never like the issue of the week kind of storyline. So they introduced Double Trouble in this most recent season that just came out, who is sort of gender non-binary, and it just doesn't raise any eyebrows. Like it just is immediately integrated into the story and it's it's wonderful, and the way they've redesigned the characters from the '80s cartoon is fantastic. I'm absolutely in love with it. I yeah. I'm really enjoying it, binging it with my daughter. Um, went to the panel in San Diego Comic Con, uh, you know, and I was a fan of the original She-Ra, so I I, I actually have no issues with this upgrade. I know some people do <laughs> in this panel, <laughs> but. <laughs> Uh, I thought season three this year, because they, they actually do half seasons, and there was two seasons this season. We had a season three and a season four. Season three came out right before my episode. was actually like a mini movie. Uh, it was absolutely fantastic from beginning to end. It introduced Gina Davis as a main character, and now she's in season four. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, there's just so much, like, a good, like, like, good storyline like we have a whole mother-daughter dynamics and we have odd friendships and and you know there's a mad scientist and we haven't seen her yet this season we don't know what happened to entrapta she was sent to be silent spoiler in season three we Mm. don't know what happened to her she's like my favorite character and i really hope we get her back so Have (laughs) have you seen season four I haven't. I haven't Have finished it yet. Oh. Yeah, I'm happy. There's a lot of. It. There's some entrapta. Yeah, I'm is sure that... there is because Scorpina uh, just left to go. Spoilers. Just left to go find her, and um, I just watched the episode "Boys Night Out," uh, <laughs> where where Bo and them all go on a tirade with Swift Lind and get drunk and get kidnapped by pirates. 
So that was fun. <laughs> That's where I'm at right now. So I have three episodes left. So I don't get, I don't, don't tell me, don't tell me the end. Because I'm, I'm watching it with my daughter and she's been busy because her birthday was this week. You know, anyway. And I promise not to watch it without her. So, uh, so, but I love She-Ra. Absolutely, Jeanette. What else are you obsessed with? Give me another one, because that one makes me happy. <laughs> <laughs> no? You're not there? Are you talking to all of us? <laughs> Jean- oh, no. I saw Jeanette, but I think she hung up, but uh, then she's back. Oh, no. We've been, she's, no, she's right back. Now she's on oh, good. two. She, Janessa, you are now on two lines. I don't know how that works, but oh, no. <laughs> I, you are double trouble. Isn't that great? I am double trouble. Yeah, that's the, yeah. the new character. Yeah, double trouble and Catra. I, and by the way, Catra, I think, as a villain goes, is one of my favorite villains on television right now. She is so complex. Yeah. And so awesome. I love her so, so much. And the voice acting is superb. So, uh, you know, I love Katra. And, you know, she's everything you wanted the original Katra to be and wasn't. Like, there was always so much promise in Katra that they never, because she always ended up being kind of a sad character. And, and now she's center stage. And I love it. Um, so, uh, let's see. All right. Let, let's get, let's see. Steve, I've been blocking you. Aaron, we know you were just going to blurt out Mandalorian because that's what you're going to do, right? Mandalorian is on my list. Yes, but I was going to say give me a quick how you feel about it, but let's save the d- deep dive because I am going to watch the first couple of episodes um, for right, the next Right, right, and we're going to do a Disney show too. Yeah, um, that was just... the full, that's the full on Disney. This is just touching some Disney because Disney, we couldn't ignore that Disney Plus just launched. We are pop culture after all. <laughs> right, so... right. Um, you know, just to give it a thumbnail sketch, it's it's the difference between giving a property to someone who doesn't know what the characters are about or the backstory of the history and giving it to John Favreau and Dave Filoni, uh, two guys who obviously love the material. In fact, John uh, Favreau just said he's going to redo the fucking Star Wars holiday special. He's going to come out with a sequel. God help us all. So, yeah, (laughs) I mean, which I'm mad about because I was trying to get the rights to the original for something, and now it's on hold. Oh my god! Oh my god! Um, We're two episodes in, and you've already got people saying it's better than uh, the Force Awakens and Last Jedi, and da da da. People are going nuts, and it's kind of hard to argue with them because it's pretty fucking good. I've seen both episodes twice now. And everybody's going crazy on the internet over Baby Yoda. Oh my god! Yeah, I saw that. Isn't there a baby Zaza Binks too? No, fuck no. Oh. <laughs> but that's the other that thing. Be, you can tell how popular awesome. the show is by all the memes. Right. There, oh my god! I have so many Star Wars memes going through my feed right now. It's ridiculous, and not just because I have. By the way, if you want to join the sci-fi group, Rogues of Tashi Station. Uh, so we do talk Star Wars a lot on the web, but I have so much on my main feed going through, just Star Wars constantly, and not because of the new movie. It's all because of Mandalorian. Um, I do think that Disney was smart to drop, once again, an excellent soundtrack by the same guy who did Black Panther. 
Uh, yeah. you know, uh, so uh, that is very tasty. Uh, so uh, her and, her hair sock. Yeah, and then we oh, Werner Herzog is <laughs> Werner Herzog. How do we feel about Werner Herzog in a Disney film? So fucking good. It makes good. so much sense. <laughs> <laughs> we are yeah. in the darkest timeline. Of course, this is what Disney has become. <laughs> I approve. <laughs> okay, it's the ultimate nihilistic image. I uh, think. I don't know. I it, it rings weird to me, but okay, let's just roll with it. <laughs> That's the world we live in now. <laughs> it's Werner Herzog right. in Disney films. Okay, so come on. Um, Werner Herzog was in an ep- a couple episodes of Metalocalypse. He's not opposed to pop culture. I didn't say he wasn't. It's just in particular Star Wars and Disney. That's that's that's. Yeah, it's, it's just this is the Mandalorian, like, and it's. Better than what we've been seeing for a while. Well, it, that remains to be seen. I will have to <laughs> be the judge of that. We'll talk about that later. Um, let's see. I'm trying to think about stuff that everyone might have seen. Uh, I have one, and I totally, totally forgot I what here. I was going to say. Oh, I think a couple of us have some huge lists, too. I don't think you can talk about uh, the year and television without mentioning how Stranger Things season three was better than the rest of them. Stranger Things season three was fantastic. Oh, how do we, do we all feel this way? I loved it. It wasn't on my list, but I loved it. (laughs) I I totally forgot it was this year. I thought that was last year. No, that's the thing. It feels like it was such a long time ago. It was only July. Yeah, I can't believe that. Yeah. They, it was one of those weird anomalies. They had very little advertising. And then, like, when it hit, it was everyone binged it over the full week, over the weekend. That was it. Yeah, I it watched was, it in know, one sitting. Yeah, everyone watched it. My, my, my um, father in law watched it twice all the way through. I think I watched it like one and a half times all the way through. Like, I started it at one point, like, towards the end. Because I, okay, I'm going to play this again. Just for a minute to remind y'all, is this the, the, the and I, I actually have this in my notes to talk about this. <laughs> is this the most corny or the best moment in television Turn this year? Around. Look at what you <laughs> see. I thought it was, I thought it was weird, but I enjoyed it. I thought it was campy and fun. I thought it was a nice diversion from the like crazy action that was going on. I think they placed it perfectly. And Aaron yeah, Marie's a big yay. He needs those moments of levity. Yeah. He needs those moments of levity. I, I, I don't know how I feel about it, but I love Dustin and I love listening to him sing because. We all know he's a Broadway show star. Yeah. So there was that in there. Um, 
Steve, Mer- Steve, what about you? Yay or nay on the never-ending story moment in uh, Stranger Things 3? Did we lose Steve? Did- no, I see him. He's on the Steve. All right, we'll go to Aaron. Aaron, yay or nay? Corny? Which Aaron? Huh? Which Aaron? Well, I already said I love Aaron Kogan. Aaron oh. Marie is a big guy. We already got to Aaron, Aaron, Aaron Kogan. Kogan okay. sucks, and he hasn't he hasn't got to that episode yet. He's he's what? needs to finish that damn series. Yeah, I know. What? He's too I busy know. working that's on worse, his summary. That's worse than me. And, and, and oh yeah, well he should be working on those. But that's worse than me not finishing Shiro before this episode. So oh my goodness. I can't okay, watch so it by myself. It. I have to drag my wife in front of it at the same time. Or it's cheating. It's it's TV cheating if I see it without her. All right, Raven, yay or nay? <laughs> so much yay. So, are, so are you yay. kidding me? Are you asking me if I'm going to approve of someone randomly breaking out into song? <laughs> like, of course. Right? <laughs> always, okay. yes. That is always don't, the correct don't, answer. Don't, don't, don't get me wrong. I 100% agree, almost 100% agree with you on breaking out into song. Cause you did, I love that. You're back. My hear, I'm sorry. Okay, I'm sorry. I couldn't hear. I get. Oh God. Okay. Good. There I am. Good. Sorry. <laughs> Welcome back. Yeah, there. I'm right. here. Good. Great. Never any story. Yay or nay? Best best yay, moment yay. on Absolutely television. Yay. Okay. So we're all mostly yay. We got one. It was weird, but kind of cool. I'll go with it. I, I'm in the weird kind of cool. I'll go with it. But I love Dustin. And yes, I agree with you, Raven. As a Broadway show tune lover myself, I totally understand wanting to just have people burst into song randomly, <laughs> uh, you know. So, uh, yeah. but I don't like when people randomly dance in movies. Like, like not, not, not like, like, like in Breakfast Club. That was cool because it's actually choreographed and you got to dance going on. So it's on, okay in right? a montage. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. But like in oh, the one I always hate the most is in uh, Superman three. Okay, the Sam Raimi <laughs> movies. Okay, at yeah. one point, Team Franco <laughs> is dancing with uh, Mary J. Randomly to a song, and they're just kind of like, doo, 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 doo. it's like, no, no, no. And La La Land, forget that. Yeah, oh, I'm sorry, but uh, you know, I, I, we won't talk about La La Land. I don't know. Probably Janessa probably loves La La Land because I know you like probably show tunes and stuff too. A lot of I I love it. I love show tunes. I didn't love La La Land. Oh, I'm one didn't. of those people Good. who is not really a fan. I was just kind of bored. I, I was like, I don't care too. about these people or their story. So like, also, light your actors. <laughs> Jeez, yeah. that's part of it. You're in LA. <laughs> Light your actors. Oh, yeah, no, that's another episode entirely to go. I, I wish I wish that movie was better, but there was a lot of like like musical television on this year. I noticed as well. Didn't we have like a couple of television shows that were like live musicals or something? There was the Little Mermaid. Yeah. Yeah. The Little Mermaid. I saw that one. Okay, that one was so. I felt that was weird, except for. Friggin Queen Latifah, I thought she rocked. Right. Uh, yeah. She was she amazing. No, but she was. She was really good. First of all, she opened with the exact phrasing from the, even though she took her own spin in the second half, the first verse, she sang it exactly like voice match, and I was really impressed with that. Like she, she it was her, but she, the phrasing was correct. You understand what I'm saying, Aaron? Right? You know, yeah. Yeah, she, totally. she sounded like 
it was totally cool. And so she was really yep. honoring the character and, and the voice, because the voice work in, in Little Mermaid, one of the, Ursula is one of the best voice acts and performances of all time. It's, it's just brilliant all the way through. I mean, she is such a self-actualized woman. It, 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 Have you ever met the actor who does her? <laughs> no, I've never yeah, asked. You, you so, I, I don't know, for me anyway, I so fucking believe in Ursula. The first time I saw this tiny, diminutive, skinny little white woman, I went, you can't possibly, and then she spoke, and it was like, oh my God in heaven. <laughs> she's yeah, awesome. Yeah, she's awesome. So. Yeah, she's in like a making of documentary too, um, and you're, it, yeah, it does kind of take you aback. Where you're going, that can't come out of that. <laughs> All right, let's <laughs> go back to 2019. Other than let's, we already talked about the boys, so we'll put uh, the, the that those villains aside. Let's do a quick round robin, and and it can be television, and you can even if it's a movie villain, you can. Do it. We're going to do uh, a quick round robin if we want to play. I'm going to start with Aaron Marie, and then I'm going to go Janessa, then I'm going to go Raven, and then I'm going to go Steve, and then I'm going to go Aaron. Okay? You guys remember that order? Okay. In case I forget it? Yep. Right. yep. Aaron Marie, favorite yeah. villain in any medium this year. It doesn't have to well, be television. It can be a book or, or or video game. No, other than the boys. I, Let's... I, I can't do other than the boys because he's my <laughs> Okay, well, we'll say it again. Then fine, that's fine. You, I'll validate your answer. So, because he was cool. What was your favorite moment? What was the group best thing he did? We'll give you that one. Your best favorite what? moment. What was your favorite moment? Oh. His? Probably that Jesus entering at the freaking uh, uh, the expo, the Christian expo that he attended. Oh. That it was just so creepy. Ugh. That whole like cross positioning that he was doing, like Jesus. It, but the breastfeeding thing didn't bother you. It didn't bother me, but I wouldn't consider it my favorite moment either. <laughs> I just like that to me was like the weirdest moment in television. I'm like, I can't believe I'm watching this grown man suck off on Elizabeth Banks, or maybe I can. I mean, well, it mainly was for Homelander, considering he never had a mother. Well, no, and I know. Well, seen, and if you've I actually seen any, he was her anyway, if you've ahead. ever seen, um, they they put out um, a scene from season two already, and it's uh, Homelander, you know, as a child, how they were training him and teaching him and basically brainwashing him uh, to love America and be a hero and everything, and he has this whole questioning thing about, who's my dad? And are you my mom? And and then he squeezes the woman to death. It's it's fucking awesome. He was even evil as a child, but he was always on a search for a mom too. So the whole breastfeeding thing really makes sense. All right, let's keep going because we know we'll we we can't. That was one. But I have a feeling a year from now we will be talking about the second season of The Boys. I have a feeling. Uh, so, uh, Janessa, favorite villain in any medium this year? We can include video games, movies, film, books, whatever, TV, so music I even. Fall down, I fall down the YouTube rabbit hole all the time, and my favorite villain this year is James Charles from Dramageddon 2.0. With the, it was a oh big makeup drama thing. 
he was like getting in it and like causing all kinds of problems. And I was, it was like reality television, but like with beautiful makeup. I loved it. Traumageddon. That sounds interesting. Not to catch up with that. There's so much I don't know out there. It's a whole world I don't know. Um, Raven, that was a really, that's why you're on the show, because, like, you're going to pull out awesome, obscure stuff, and we're going to get the world to see this stuff, including myself. So, Raven, what is, yes. how about you? What's your favorite? My favorite kind of villain has always been one that's really, really good at being a villain or really, really bad at being a villain. And <laughs> this year, the winner is really bad at being a villain and was played beautifully by David Tennant as Crowley and Good Omens. Oh, um, oh my God! I thought he was fantastic. I am so glad that yeah. came up. I, I was, I forgot. It was on my list, and I forgot to put it down. Good Omens once again, Amazon Prime. Yeah. Wow. For the <laughs> win. Mean, for the win. Okay. One of my favorite things this year was watching the M4 go up in flames. That was yeah. amazing. <laughs> Amazing, and the reason it goes up in flames is amazing. I, 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 yeah. fucking Neil Gaiman. Oh my yeah. God, he yeah. is one and of my Terry favorite Pratchett. things. Oh and yeah, Terry Pratchett. Oh, my, and Terry Pratchett. Oh my yeah. God. God rest and gentle. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Oh my God, and and David Tennant, and and the ultimate. It was the ultimate bromance uh, this it year. Was. There was there and was very rewatchable too. They were shipping together. They were so shipped all over my thread the entire like (laughs) when people were binging it. It was so cute and wonderful and and I loved it. And I was watching Lucifer at the same time as Good Omens, which was interesting because they're both based Mm. on the the old game and properties. Uh, you know, so the the rules of heaven and hell are the same, I realized. Yeah. And I thought that was kind of an interesting line. So at some point, they uh, they haven't ruled out that Lucifer is going to be part of Good Omens, like the 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 Neil Gaiman Lucifer. I don't think it'll be the actor that plays him on the show because those are two different. Mm-hmm. You know, one's Netflix and one's anyway. But uh, they're talking about bringing the Sandman version of Lucifer into the Good Omens universe. That was the last thing I heard about them writing the new season. So that would make sense. Fingers- Fingers crossed, right? Yeah, that'd be sweet. Oh my god! All right, that's brilliant. Uh, okay, so the Steve next, right? Steve. Hey, it's Steve. Uh, yeah, Steve. mine is um, definitely would be Arthur Fleck uh, and Todd Phillips' Joker or Joker, however you want to call him. Although he's arguably, if you've seen the movie, maybe not. But um uh yeah um and also uh, I just saw Doctor Sleep so I kind of want to cheat and say that Rebecca Ferguson's Rose of the Hat was um just so good so both of those I thought were just excellent um um you know villains on film this year. Great. We'll talk about the movies themselves probably in our first episode when we do our actual 2019. Uh, Janessa, every year we, we we open this season on the day that the Oscar nominations are announced. That's our first episode, and we talk about our favorite movies of 2019. It's that's how I've been doing the show since season two. So uh, you know, Ooh, come to fun. join us. It's 
It's a lot of fun. Uh, so it's my second favorite show of the year. Uh, so, all right, Aaron, besides Mandalorians and things, what, what's your favorite yeah, villain? Because actually he's a pretty great anti-hero, but uh, even though it's only three episodes in, I'm really loving the performance of uh, the actor doing Mrs. Coulter in uh, his Dark Materials. She Ooh, is pretty hard. Like it's Ruth Wilson. Real, Ruth Wilson, and uh, she's kind of mesmerizing. I mean, it's a great, fully rounded character villain, and uh, Natalie had a great line. I want to like her. <laughs> we were watching. Yeah, but she's evil. Oh, it's, it, I can't wait to see where this goes. Excellent. All right. Erin Marie, new subject. Yeah. You ready? Yeah. Favorite single this year? Single? Single. <laughs> song. We haven't talked about music at all this episode. Oh, I, I have one know. song yeah, that I came out. I haven't listened to music ever. <laughs> hmm? Go I ahead. told you, all of my TV shows, I don't listen to new music. I hate that show. There has to be something. <laughs> what? That's not completely true, because a couple of years you had uh, the, the soundtrack to uh, Crazy Ex-Girlfriend is one of your favorite things, right? We've actually played, you know, Tap That Ass yeah, and all TV that. Show again. There you go. You know, <laughs> so soundtracks count. We do count them. So I don't have tap that ass on my thing this time. But we did. They had their last season this year, and that was another thing. Or was that last year? I don't remember. But uh, hopefully, comes mean, back with a new show. Last year, I actually had an album to contribute, considering that Jake Shears from Scissor Sisters came out with an album last year. But this year, I got nothing. <laughs> there wasn't a lot of great music this year. Um, you know, I have a few things I, I pulled up, but I actually like the sucker song from. Uh, 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 was it uh, uh, Jonas Brothers? I actually like that song. Oh. I think it's cute. Um, yeah. <laughs> so I played it earlier. Um, let's see. Uh, I think I don't know. Janessa, are you still there? You were double lined. I'm still here. Like, Yay! Your your one of your lines hung up. <laughs> I know. <guess, laughs> what's happening? <laughs> okay, good. Just, what's your what was your favorite single or song this year that came out? So I'm a little bit of a Pop-Tart. So there were quite a few. Pink had a new album that I thought was really good. I really liked the new Taylor Swift album. Um, Ingrid Michaelson's Stranger Songs that was all based on Stranger Things. But the absolute favorite single for the entire year is fairly new. And it means that we're finally getting another new album from Kesha. And it's Raising Hell. And it's wonderful. Oh, that's right. Kesha's back. That's actually, you know, she had her case and she's she's risen. I actually give her a lot of fucking kudos. Yeah, that man. Rainbow album that she did Holy was really good, and then she kind of disappeared for like two years after Rainbow, and so now oh, I was man. like, what's going on? And then she now has a new single called Raisin Hell, and it is what it's so good. It's so it's such an earworm. Oh, <laughs> so good. How about you, Raven? What's your beside? I know you're usually busy doing Shakespeare and stuff. So, but do you get any time for some mu- modern music in? Um, if it's past the death of Alexander the Great, I'm usually not too good with naming it. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna cheat a little bit um, and bring up a 2000 
19 revival of popularity in a song. Um, and I was so happy to hear it on Russian Doll, uh, Harry Nilsson's Gotta Get Up. And oh, people I just, were like, right what's this on. new, what's this new band? <laughs> it's like, no, it's Harry Nilsson, dude. <laughs> Um, and just hearing it throughout the whole season really added to the show, uh, which is already amazing because of Natasha Leone and Amy Poehler. Um, and I'm really looking forward to season two, which I they, they said 2020. I don't know if there's a month yet, though. I was really well, happy that Fleabag won. Yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. I'll I was just going to say Russian Doll came out near the beginning of the year, so I'm, I'm hopefully it'll come around <laughs> around the same time. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, good point. I was going to say, I was really hoping, she was who I was rooting for at the Emmys to win writing, because Russian Doll was up, and I really, really wanted her to win it, but I was happy that Fleabag got it. Like, I'm not upset about that. I just wish Nassim had, she deserved an Oscar for writing a great time with movie. And I just saw a, a lot of people were mentioning Happy Death Day being surprisingly good, Aaron, right? I just saw the sequel. Yeah. And and it just makes me more hungry for Russian Doll because Russian Doll is so much fun. <laughs> um, and that was last we talked about it last year, but they're talking the new season that they, they is written and done, and I think it might even be being shot, I believe. So I, I am so excited for next year and Russian Doll Same. sequel. So that's going to be awesome. I hope we're going to be talking Sweet. about it again. It'll be three years in a row. We'll mention it on the show. Uh, okay. Um, so anyway, Pretty good. all right. Yeah. So yeah, I just get up, it up said it came out in February last year. So hopefully it'll be around the same time frame. All right. So Steve, okay. what about you? And I know you listen to quite a bit of music. So what's your answer? I do. I was trying to pare it down. Um, I did want to say that um, I too, um, I listen to a lot of different stuff, but I am a, uh, I, uh, <laughs> a sucker for Taylor Swift and I really did like that new record as well but my favorite single of the year would be um Less Sex by Daughters if you like kind of dark wave or Depeche Mode stuff um I would recommend that uh or if like uh um and I also there's been some cool score scores I like the Watchmen show but basically the music, yeah, the they released the soundtrack on Spotify and it's Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross. So it's it's a Nine Inch Nails record without vocals. I've been listening. So I listened to a lot of that. And um, gosh, there, there was, it's so hard when you, you know, I listen to a lot of music, but it's so hard when you ask me, like, because a lot of times I'll have to, you know. Um, but yeah, that Daughters song stands out in my mind. I thought that was really good. Um, and I think Against Me put out a new record this year, um, or maybe that was last year. See, I don't even know. I feel like I was caught off guard with the music question. I'm scrolling through my Spotify, but the, the, <laughs> the daughter's song I would highly recommend, and I know that came this year. So, yeah. Less Sex right, by Ar- Daughters. <laughs> Excellent. What about you, Aaron? Close out this loop. This time. Bury your friend, Billie Eilish. Oh, yeah. Bury your friend. Billie Eilish that was a good, highlight of the summer. Oh, no fucking doubt. She's on my top ten for the year. 
Right. Yeah, no, I, I had her on the top. I also had Rhapsody this year. She's a rapper, was one of my favorites. Uh, I, I, it was a, I can't pronounce the woman's name, and I feel terrible. She was the first uh, Muslim woman to win a gold medal in fencing, and the record's named after her, and the single is too. It's pretty good. Um, oh. The record's uh, So uh, I can spell it for you. I'll put it up on the website. I don't, I don't want to be disrespectful um i really liked okay this is gonna get loud but i have to play a sample of this because i can't explain it to you this is my husband's favorite song of the year it's by a band called infant annihilator and the song is called (laughs) three bastards here we go drumming on this thing so that's infinite annihilator three bastards i had to play some of that because i can't explain it to people they have to hear it it's like it's like you know passing the the spoiled milk around it's cool so um i i'm saving my single for the end of the show because i it's my show and i can't do that so so I'll hold that, but I'll tell you, it's called uh, Cradles by a, a kid named Suburban. It's so fucking good, and I'll play that at the end of the show. Um, let's see. Ooh, we still got 10 more minutes. All right, Aaron Bree, this is the best one for, I think. We're going to end on a, oh. a, 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 a rom- sexy note. Best on-screen romance this year. Mm. Best on-screen romance this year. Yeah. Oh. Damn it. <laughs> now I got to actually look at, like, my list, and I'm like, hey, come back to me. <laughs> we're going to do, do this round, and then we're going to get everyone a quick few minutes, a few seconds to finish out anything on the list that they want to cover before the end of the show. So we got, So we're in the last 10 minutes. So. Yep, no, I got nothing. You got nothing? You watch more sex than I do every year. Like, I guarantee it. The shows you watch are way sexier than I am, and you don't have anything. Well, most of the things I watched this year were, like, didn't have romance elements in them that I can think of. Okay. I'll I'll let you off the hook. 
But not not unless unless you count Sam on Glow, and why can I never remember the main character's fucking name? (laughs) Probably because I still want to, I just want to call her Allison, which is her real name. Yeah, no, Allison Brie, I love her too. Uh, well, then you have to watch Fleabag, especially season two, because that was that was my favorite on-screen romance this year, and I'm not going to tell you why. Uh, so, uh, season two of uh, Fleabag. So, Janessa, what about you? Favorite on-screen romance, sex scene, whatever you want to think. I. So my favorite was how they wrapped up Titus and Mikey on Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. I thought that was very sweet, but. Um, I'm one of those bitter old divorcees, so I have to say that my favorite is Catherine Ryan. In her most recent Netflix special, she says that men are taught to be something and women are taught to find someone, and I've decided to do neither of those bullshit things. And so I'm, a, I'm on the anti-romance train with Catherine Ryan. Hey, that's it's actually why I like Fleabag because it's not really romance in in the, it's like completely on its side, you know, <laughs> it's not the normal. <laughs> So, all right, Raven, what about you? But you've been, once again, you've been dealing with Hamlet and things like that. So your your <laughs> level of romance, I know, is a little on the skewed side. I was going through my list, and it's like all court, cartoons and true crime. Like, let's see, John DeLorean really, like, Framing John DeLorean, John DeLorean's obsession with his fucking car and his own ego. Like, that's my favorite. I don't know. Hey, that works. Really. There were people who really love their cars, man. I guess I, right. I don't know my own audience. I thought you guys would instantly know, but no, I guess we're just too These are like for that. The, the worst categories cynical. for me, all of them. <laughs> they don't match too my list cynical. at all. Too cynical. <laughs> Oh, I was we're all bitter. making fun because we were running out of time, and I was trying to speed it up. That's the only reason why I went to round robin. But uh, oh, yeah. uh, so huh. we get you know, as much as we can in. It actually but none of this is on my list. <laughs> all right, quick. I'll get Steve. Quick one. Quick. Killing Eve. Killing Eve. Good choice. Yeah. Yes. We go. So that's Sandra O's Oh show, yeah, I right? forgot about that show. So that's cool. Uh, I actually need to watch it more. I kind of love her. Uh, I really love her movie Double Happiness that came out back in the day. So uh, I need to watch it again. Uh, Aaron, you. Aziraphale and Crowley. Aw, good omens again. (laughs) Yay, we love that. And I love what Neil Gaiman said about it. It's not that they're in love. They just love each other the way an angel and a demon love. And, you know, it, it's not gay or anything else or whatever, or it is, or or it's everything or it's nothing. And, yeah, I'm down. Uh, it's beautiful. It's what it is. It's beautiful. <laughs> it is. So, all right. Well, then, let's go. We're going to go. This is last round for the night. And what we're going to do is anything on your list, starting with Aaron Marie, no matter what it is, doesn't matter what medium, you just have to make sure the world knows how you feel about it. Shout it out to the world. You got about 30 seconds apiece. That's plenty of time. Shoot out aloud. Ready? Go, Aaron. The things, the things that I absolutely loved that nobody's mentioned, Euphoria on HBO was fantastic. It was a great look at addiction and uh, mental problems, <laughs> um, mental illness, and teenage life. Uh, of course, Mindhunter season two, but we already covered that. But – 
the uh, Christina Applegate um, show Dead to Me. I don't know if anybody else watched that besides me. No. No. No, please do. Raven did. Because it is way darker than you would expect. Uh, It's got a lot of dark humor. A lot of really fucked up shit happens in it. Um, I'm not going to give too much away, but just know one of the main characters killed another main character's husband uh, and hasn't told her about it. Um, You, of course, the fucking stalker show, which comes on season two, uh, actually next month. It comes out the day after Christmas. Um, The wrap-up of a series of unfortunate events was fabulous, and that came out January 1st. Um, And Orange is the New Black's last season, almost every single fucking episode made me cry my goddamn eyes out. (laughs) I mean, it was so good. It was was a really great wrap-up, but also really, really sad um, that a lot of the characters ended up in detention centers and they covered immigration, and there were a lot of really horrible things that happened to some of them. So, yeah, not many people got a happy ending. Janessa. So I've been spending, yeah, I've been spending a lot of 2019 trying to catch up on, my goal has always been to make it all the way through every episode of Dark Shadows, which there are 1,225 (laughs) episodes, and I've never made it all the way through, but I finally hit episode 1,000. So I'm so close. (gasps) Congratulations. Oh, my God. Damn. So I'm watching really old stuff, but um, my favorite comedy special of this year has got to be Jenny Slate's Stage Fright on Netflix. Um, it's really oh, fun sweet. and sweet and has interesting, really good vignettes. So that's my favorite comedy special is Jenny Slate. Excellent. I did see that. That was funny. I it's did so see good. that. Oh, my God. It was funny. I do recommend it. It was really weird. I just clicked on The title was so strange. I clicked on it, and then I ended up like, instantly hooked. It was great. Raven, quickly, I we're actually on I just heard an interview time. with her on NPR, and I need to see that. Sounds really yeah. good. Borrowed time, but Raven, go for it. Invader Zim, enter the floor pit. Motherfuckers oh, yeah. on Netflix. <laughs> I've been waiting for two hours, and now my time is out. Watch it. (laughs) And and Rick and Morty, too. But, yes, Trader Zim. We've been waiting for two years for Trader Zim, haven't we, um, uh, Aaron? Rocking back and forth. The first San Diego. So, okay. Uh, Steve, last call. Okay, uh, last call. I just – I had a list of, like – this was everybody seemed to be uh, really into TV this year. I thought it was a really good year for cinema. I uh, mentioned Joker, but also I just uh, Lords of Chaos. I liked Midsummer. We talked about us. Us. We didn't. I don't think talked about. Um, there was the Reffin series, Too Old to Die Young, which I really liked. Uh, Watchmen. Um, Ivanka Vukovic's movie, Riot Girls. The Nightingale, Chernobyl on HBO. Oh, yeah. Tigers Chernobyl. Are Not oh, Afraid. Oh, Chernobyl, yes. Chernobyl. Tigers yeah, Are Not yeah, Afraid. Yeah, on my list, too. Anybody see Tigers Are Not Afraid? Yes, I just no. saw it. I just saw it. But I'm, I was saving that for my top. It's going to be on my top ten. So I'm Same saving it for that episode. Hollywood. 
And so, oh, yeah, yeah there, was just, there were so many. This was a big year for, like, uh, it's the first year I can remember in a long time that I went to see multiple movies in the, in the theater once. I mean, I mean more than once. Yeah, no, so. I saw, I saw wow. summer twice. Right on. But, yeah. yeah, let's, let's, but that's awesome. We're going to save movies. So my favorite stuff was just film in general without getting too but, into it. Yeah. And going on your first press pass to your first media convention. Absolutely. That was amazing. I just actually, uh, I'm going, um, definitely going to go back. <laughs> All right, Aaron, close out the night. We got to bring it home. My favorite thing of the whole year was the preview for Good Omens in the cemetery with Neil Gaiman on my birthday. For the first year in, I don't know how long, Comic-Con was dethroned as my favorite thing. Uh, Two things you need to know. Midsummer Scream is amazing. I hope they invite us back. Uh, Even if they don't, I'm going. It just was a blast. And I'm so grateful that Dark Delicacies was able to find a new home uh, in the same city after losing, getting kicked out because of high rent. Uh, Dark Delicacies is a gem. If you're in the Los Angeles area and you're a fan of horror, go to Dark Delicacies. Log on right now and see all the cool events that are coming up. Have your picture taken with Krampus. Go to Dark Delicacies. Support local horror. They did a Master of Horror series there this year, which was right in time yes, for the madness. It was awesome. So, all right. Well, thank you all. This panel was fantastic. Thank you, Janessa, for calling in again. Yeah. It was delightful. Yes, of course. Yes, and thank you to my sexy witches. I have to keep Aaron calling in until I get my own sexy witch name. Oh, <laughs> but you already have a great name. That's the problem. We don't have to think about it. All right. So, but Erin Marie. Thank you for coming on the show. And Raven and Aaron Koken and Steve, the Wizard Wandling, all y'all. And again, thank you, Janessa. And anybody else who's listening out there, thank you. We have one more show this season before we take a winter's nap. And our next episode will be the 17th of December, which will be our Christmas super finale. Disney takes over the world with Star Wars and Frozen and Disney Plus app where we do a full deep dive into all of it. We talked about it a little bit. Wait until that episode uh, to talk about everything. So we'll do that. Disney Corporation taking over the world. But in the meantime, let's live with a small one of my favorite things of the night and that was the song Cradles by the group Suburban which is something that my uh, daughter introduced me to and it's great mm. and it was one of my favorite songs of the year so I'm going to play it as we go out good night everyone let's be good, good night. hunting good night good night good night My own world of make-believe Kids screaming in the cradles Profanities I see the through Ice covered in ink and bleach Cross off the ones who heard my cries And watched me weep I love everything Fire spreading all around my room my world's so bright, it's hard to breathe, but that's alright. Hush.